Hello and welcome back to the Bears Rant Podcast. I am your host, Ken Marshall. I've been told that you miss me. Well, you pulled at my heartstrings, I've listened, and I'm back. But enough of the heartfelt goodness. It's time to talk football. This week, we're going to start talking about Justin Fields and is it a new era or is it maybe just a couple of week teaser? We're also going to recap weeks one and two. And then finally, we're going to wrap up talking about what's the importance of having a franchise running back in today's NFL. So first, let's talk about Justin Fields. Is this a new era or is this just a couple of week teaser while Andy Dalton is on the mend? Well, it's his opportunity to take that job. It's well proven that in the NFL, that if you are injured and your replacement plays well, you have a good chance of losing your starting job. So how does he perform at a level that he could supplant Andy Dalton? First, it's got to start with the coaching staff. They have to call plays that accentuate his strengths. So what are his strengths? Obviously, he has phenomenal physical talent. He can throw the ball deep. He can run really well. So how do you take advantage of that? Well, it starts with RPOs. You've got a decent running back in David Montgomery, and you need to take advantage of that and the fact that your offensive line is still kind of gelling. So you're going to draw those defenders in, and you have an opportunity to get a big bang on those RPOs on occasion. So speaking of the offensive line and helping them out, you can also do things like move the pocket. Instead of having a traditional pocket that just backs up a little bit in place, you move it to the left or to the right. That makes the defense have to adjust and also gives your your offense an opportunity to run deeper plays so your quarterback can go for a deeper shot. You run bootlegs, same idea. You roll him out, make the defense adjust to his movement, and you get opportunities for deep shots. Play action. Again, you're drawing, you're sucking that defense into that running play so you freeze guys, especially those linebackers over the middle, so you can get some shots over the top of them in the middle. He's got to be dynamic, right? Andy Dalton is the guy that stands in there and delivers the ball on time on target. He's got to be more dynamic than that. He's got to take those opportunities when they arise to run the ball, to get those big gains, to extend the play, until a wide receiver or other receiver can get open and make those big hits. He also has to limit his mistakes. He's a rookie. He makes mistakes, right? Just last week in relief of Dalton, he got a couple of false starts because he was nodding his head on the play. He also threw an interception. So he's got to learn from those mistakes as well, not repeat them. If he can do those things... And more importantly, score touchdowns because that's where the true measure of this offense is, is scoring touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns. Field goals aren't going to cut it. That's what sent Mitch Trubisky packing. That's what sent Nick Foles to the bench. That's what sent any number of quarterbacks out of here. Got to punch it into the end zone. So can he do it? He certainly has the skill set. But can he overcome those rookie mistakes that are bound to happen? 
and take advantage of this opportunity. First step comes Sunday. I'm excited to watch. Now, let's go back and recap these first couple of games. Week 1 against the Rams. I actually liked the dink and dunk system that they used against the Rams. They didn't have their first option at left tackle, right? He's out uh, with a back injury. They signed a 39-year-old tackle who was fishing. He wasn't practicing or in shape. And then he went down. The guy that had been kind of filling in there and had concussion issues in uh, training camp, he went down with an ankle. So now you're down to your fourth string option. You can't take deep drops and expect the offensive line to hold them and, and, and give you these deep shots. You have to dink and dunk it. On the other side of Fetty, had missed a lot of training camp too. So these guys were still gelling. They're not even playing shape yet at that point. So, yeah, absolutely. I liked the dink and dunk. They moved the chains by doing that. And, miracle, I don't recall any procedural penalties on the offense. No false starts, no holds. Dalton hit eight targets. But the problem was they weren't getting in the end zone. That's been a problem throughout Nagy's tenure as head coach. And only one catch, two targets for Jimmy Graham, the guy that they kept on the payroll at $8 million instead of keeping maybe Leno, who I agree that he should have gone, or possibly Kyle Fuller finding a, you know, a big step toward being able to keep him. <laughs> no targets in the second game for Graham. Uh, can I get his paycheck? Wow. On defense in that first game. <sighs> Ridiculous. Now the Bears commit nearly one-third of their entire cap to their pass rushers. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and Robert Quinn. They weren't getting the job done. Goldman hasn't even played this year. He hasn't played in a year and a half. And the secondary is weak back there. I mean, you can't cover for as long as they've had to cover. Jalen Johnson is still, you know, young. And Eddie Jackson, your veteran, was making key mistakes. Luckily, they cleared it up in the second game on defense. Right? I mean, that was the best defensive performance I've seen in a long time. I think better than anything I saw last year. I can't remember anything like that. Three picks on consecutive plays? I mean, that's just crazy. And Roquan was the monster they drafted him to be. I mean, come on, a pick, a sack, a pick six, sorry, and a sack, and led the team in tackles? Exactly who you wanted him to be. Mack earned his paycheck. He got a sack of his own, and he influenced two others, one by Quinn and one by Hicks. And those guys finally stepped up, right? Even when Mack has been able to get pressure on a quarterback and flush him, there's been nobody there to receive the sack. It happened this week. It was fantastic. But on offense, the only thing that really went well was the, the opening drive. They marched down, get a touchdown. After that, you know, it was just kind of average. The penalties returned, false starts, holds. And like I said, no targets for our $8 million man. And then Dalton's injury. I mean, he was being efficient. Again, they were kind of dinking and dunking, not a lot of deep shots. 
but then he goes out with the injury, right? Then Fields comes in, rookie. He makes a few really good throws. Robinson needed to make that catch for the touchdown. I mean, wow. You don't see him drop the ball like that often. Sometimes the, the reads were a little bit slow. He was off target on another touchdown that would have been to Darnell Mooney coming across the, the end zone. And some, you know, rookie mistakes that you struggled to keep drives alive, right? A couple of false starts, like I said, and then the interception. That's a read that, you know, a veteran player like Dalton might have not have uh, succumbed to, right? The, the, the idea that a rusher will back out into coverage into the passing lane, I mean, that just happens in the NFL, and you've got to learn from that mistake, and hopefully he does. So that's really my thoughts in the first couple of weeks. Let's go ahead and talk about the value of having a potential franchise running back on your team. Is there value in having a franchise running back on your team? Now, if he's on his rookie deal, absolutely, right? Fantastic. But the last time that the leading rusher was also a Super Bowl winner, 1996, Emmett Smith with the Dallas Cowboys. That's 25 years. In 2020, Tampa, Super Bowl champion, their leading rusher was 12th, Ronald Jones. The runner-up, Kansas City Chiefs, 19th, Edwards Hilaire. In 2019, when KC won it, their leading rusher was Damian Williams, who was 38th in rushing. San Francisco's leading rusher, Raheem Mostert, at 26th. You go back to 2018. Pats, they had Sony Michelle, not even with the team anymore. He was 15th in the league. The Rams had Todd Gurley, franchise running back at the time. Then they paid him. He was third in the league in rushing that year. They paid him a lot of money. You know where he is now? He's on the practice squad for the Baltimore Ravens. Two teams removed from the Rams who paid him a ton of money. You go back to 2017, the Eagles who won it all. LeGarrette Blunt was 22nd in rushing. The Pats had Deion Lewis, who was 14th in rushing. Neither of those guys are with that t- their teams anymore. In 16, the Pats had LeGarrette Blunt, who was 8th in rushing. Again, he's not with the team anymore. I'm not even positive he's in the NFL anymore. He might be. I could be wrong on that. And then the Falcons had Devontae Freeman, who was ninth in the league in rushing. But he's not with them anymore either. He's with the Ravens. My point is, if you've got a franchise back on his rookie deal, it's fantastic. Love it. But when he comes up for that contract, don't come to pressure. Don't succumb to that pressure at all. You've got to either find a way to sign him to a reasonable deal or move him. And you don't wait until he's going to be a free agent to move him. Move him a year before, right? Because on the rookie deal, you've got rookie deals are structured as a four-year deal with a fifth-year club option. After the fourth year, if you're not going to be able to sign him to a reasonable deal, you've got to move him. You have to. And why is that important? David Montgomery is in his fourth year. 
the last year of that rookie deal other than the the club option. He's making $1.1 million this year. Fantastic. Take it all day long. Next year's cap number is $1.2 million. But let me tell you something. The top eight running backs in the league right now are averaging between, between $12 and $16 million a year. He's not one of the top eight backs. But he'll want to be paid like that. I can't see it. They, the Bears need that money in other places. Like I said, they've, they've committed a third of their cap to four guys on defense. That money's not going away in the next year. They're not recouping that. Those contracts aren't going away. They can't afford to pay David Montgomery top eight money. So, if you think he's your guy for the future, you've got to come to a reasonable deal or you've got to trade him. And that means you've got to commit draft resources or other some sort of resources to replacing him next year. Just keep it in the back of your heads, fans. Thanks for listening. I'm glad I'm back. I'll talk to you next time. Bear down. <laughs>